Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. It's me, Michael Schaefer. What a week it has been in the news. A lot of grim stuff in the news this week. A lot of grim stuff. Yeah, there was um, that gay couple that got killed by that cop up in Sydney. That was sad. Kate Middleton is missing. We don't know what's happened to her. Conspiracies abound. Apparently she's recovering from surgery. That's bad. Richard Lewis, the very funny comedian, he just died today. A lot of bad stuff happening in the news this week. You're probably thinking, Michael, how are you going to be funny this week? Good luck, dickhead. Well, I'll try my best. I want to start by talking about who's had a good week. Who's had a good week? And I'll tell you who's had a good week. Embryos in Alabama. Fantastic week if you are an embryo in Alabama. If you are a cluster of cells that have yet to differentiate into human tissue, boy, are you going to be thrilled with what's happened this week. That is assuming you had a conscience and you could think for yourself and you had any other qualities that would amount to life. If you could think for yourself and you were an embryo, boy, would you be thrilled by the ruling of the Alabama Supreme Court this week. Because the Alabama Supreme Court, which is uh, the Supreme Court of uh, Alabama, so you can kind of imagine the kind of uh, Bible-beating nut jobs that sit on that bench. They have issued a very interesting ruling this week. They've basically said that embryos are children. That an embryo is a person and can be treated as such. The facts of this case are fascinating. So basically, there's an there was this IVF clinic in Alabama, and you know they keep the embryos. In a freezer of sorts, because you know embryos, unlike humans, can survive in a freezer. I'm not sure if you've ever been in a freezer. Very cold, very detrimental to human life. Great though if you're an embryo. Great if you're a cluster of cells that can't think for themselves. Perfect conditions for an embryo. So what they do is they put these um, petri dishes, I presume, of, of you know, cells of embryos. They put them in the, the shelves of the, of the freezer. And an employee, I don't know what this employee was doing, but someone at the IVF clinic decided to, I don't know, maybe they were, maybe they were keeping a, their salmon in there for lunch. I don't know why they went into the freezer. I'm not sure what they were fishing out. Maybe they needed some peas because they had uh, sustained a, a black eye in an altercation. They thought, I better go get some peas to to reduce the swelling. Who knows what they were doing in the freezer? But an employer has gone into the freezer and in the process of moving some of these embryos around, I, th- I think has dropped the embryos which is the equivalent of dropping tens of children, of babies on their heads, basically. It just dropped all these embryos, and the embryos died. They didn't make it. They were, they were destroyed. Now, as a result of this, the uh, future parents of these embryos, not happy. As you can imagine, going through IVF is expensive. It's like costs like, I don't know, around 10 grand to do a cycle of IVF. I think in the US it can be up to like 25 grand because, of course, everything in the US is worse than in Australia. So they went and did uh, these IVF cycles. They spent a lot of money. And then, of course, their uh, beautiful embryos, their beautiful babies were destroyed by klutz going into the freezer. 
and they sue the IVF clinic for wrongful death. They said, hey, this isn't just an example of you destroying our property. Because you would have thought, okay, compensation here will be, you know, here's... You'd think they'd just get some money to, you know... You'd think they'd just get, like, reimbursed. I would have thought that the IVF clinic could have resolved this with a simple reimbursement. The IVF clinic would be like, sorry about that. Tell you what... Uh, here's some money back. Here's, here's, you, can have, you can have all the money back. And also, you're welcome to help yourself to anything else you find in the freezer, whether that be peas, some steaks, some salmon fillets, other people's embryos. I don't know why the IVF clinic didn't just cover this up. Because what they could have done, because you don't, you know, when you go through the process of IVF, you kind of, retrieve multiple embryos and then most of them don't get used just one of them will gets infused and hopefully it takes and then the lady's pregnant so i don't know why they didn't just say to this couple hey um it just just say hey here here's your embryo don't tell them that the embryos are, are destroyed just give them someone else's embryo that wasn't being used and just see if they notice later on that the kid doesn't look like them. At the very least, you're kicking the can down the road. Minimum nine months. Minimum. Good chance the parents won't even realize that it's not genetically their kid until the kid's like seven or eight. Unless it's a different race. That's That would be hard to conceal. Like if you give a, a black embryo to... A white couple, and then nine months later, a black baby comes out. That's going to raise some questions, but you wouldn't immediately presume it was the IVF clinic that messed up. You would think, oh, my wife cheated on me with a black man and thought that she could get away with it. That's what you would think. You wouldn't think, oh my God, someone at the IVF clinic. Uh, left the freezer door open. You wouldn't jump. You would just assume. You would think it's more likely that my wife cheated on me than the IVF clinic left the freezer door open and then tried to cover their tracks by giving us a a black person's embryo. I guess that's probably why I don't run an IVF clinic because I that's and you know they would have thought about that surely. People at the the, the the board at the IVF clinic would have had that discussion, it's surely, because they would have been like, hey, we're, we're going to be liable to a lot of money right now, and is there a way that we could just give them someone else's embryo and see if they, see if they notice? I don't know why they didn't try that, unless all the embryos were destroyed by this klutz of an employee. And... Can I just say, if you ever think you've had a bad day at work, just remember that there is a schmuck in Alabama who accidentally like, dropped a bunch of embryos on the floor. So if you're just coming home from your work today and you're like, oh my God, that was a really bad, that was a bad meeting. You know, I had my PowerPoint presentation didn't load and then I had to kind of riff about our sales projections without having the data in front of me and the client wasn't happy the client was not happy because you could see the client was like well if this person can't operate Microsoft PowerPoint can I really trust them with operating the accounting software that they're selling me. So if you think you've had a bad day at work, whatever it is, your PowerPoint presentation didn't work, you were late, you called your boss mum, whatever it is, if you think you've had a bad day at work, I am confident that it is not as bad as that poor, poor Butterfinger 
employee in Alabama who dropped a bunch of embryos on the floor or left the freezer door open or something. That's a bad day. That's a bad day at the office. So I think that's quite heartening. That's quite warming to know that you probably haven't messed up as badly as they did. Really, unless you're a pilot who crashed a plane into a mountain and somehow you survived and everyone else died and you're listening to this podcast for a bit of light-hearted entertainment whilst the police are mounting their case against you. Outside of that, I think you're fine. I think that I, you shouldn't worry about what happened at work today because you didn't destroy a bunch of embryos that people relied upon and spent lots of money on in order to become parents. So I think that's nice because I'm trying to think what's the worst thing that I ever did at work well, I used to work at the project on Channel 10. One day, I was in charge of doing the auto queue in this, in the, on the teleprompter. And I accidentally put the wrong question in the auto queue when they were interviewing the Victorian Police Commissioner. And then the Police Commissioner was very confused by the question... And they and Channel Ten had to issue an apology to the police commissioner. That's the worst thing I've done, but I didn't kill a bunch of babies, which is what apparently this employee has done, according to the Alabama Supreme Court. Because basically, the Alabama Supreme Court said, "Yep, these parents who are, who have sued the IVF clinic for wrongful death, basically saying, hey." You killed our babies. It wasn't just you killed our property. You committed, you've caused death. You've caused death to our family. The Alabama Supreme Court said, yeah, we're a bunch of insane Bible-bashing evangelical Christians who believe that life starts at embryo. So, yeah, you killed all these babies. And now the IVF clinic has to fork out a wrongful death claim. How how many... You, Jesus, I mean, there's because there could be so many embryos in one little Petri dish. I presume they keep them in a Petri dish. That's how I imagine embryos being stored. I don't know. They could just be in, like, sandwich bags. I don't know. How do you store an embryo? I know they're in the freezer, and I imagine you want to keep them fresh. So I imagine you're double bagging. You're probably... What my mother does when she wants to keep bread fresh, she double bags. She'll, she will get one plastic bag, put the bread in that, tie a knot very, very tightly, get a second plastic bag and wrap it in that second plastic bag and tie that very tightly. I don't think it really... I don't think the second plastic bag is doing anything, but my mum has OCD and she thinks that it makes a difference and it keeps the bread fresher for longer. My point is, they've double bagged these embryos, presumably. And I imagine you can probably put a lot of embryos in a single double bag. So you could potentially... The, the problem with this is that you can potentially commit a genocide accidentally if you leave the freezer door open or you you drop a bag. Because they could, what? There could be 10s, 20, 30... Could be a couple hundred. There could be thousands of embryos in any freezer at any given point. So you're telling me that if you know you go in there and you leave the door open, which happens sometimes, everyone's left the freezer door open overnight. We've all done it, and then you go to the door in the morning, and you go, "Ah, shit! All of the meat has defrosted." And then you're thinking, is it still okay to eat? Is it still okay to eat? I know it's chicken. It's kind of still kind of cold. I've tried. I did try that once. I left the freezer door open, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not throwing it all out. I'm sure this chicken fillet is fine." And I got the worst 
food poisoning of my life. And that's my fault. Not only did I leave the freezer door open, I then took the risk and ate the meat. So we've all left the freezer door open. It's very easy to do. So the ruling of the Supreme Court is a is going to be a tough one for the IVF clinics because one mistake and all of a sudden they are like the worst mass murderers in history. Like in like one like that the door doesn't seal properly and all of a sudden you have got tens of thousands of deaths on your hands. And so as a consequence of this ruling, all the IVF clinics in Alabama have essentially had to shut down because they cannot they cannot afford the liability that comes with being responsible now for uh, you know people because the embryo, if the embryo is now a person and they're so fragile and vulnerable that they can't handle being at room temperature see that is the difference i think that's why i think it is strange to consider embryos to be humans because they're fundamentally quite different in that they operate very differently at room temperature. At room temperature, most humans are fine. Room temperature, that's like, you know, 18, 19, 20 degrees. Fine. I've never I've never heard of anything bad happening to a person at room temperature. Have you ever heard anything bad happening to a person at room temperature? I've heard of things happening at high temperatures. You always hear about old people. They get dehydrated. Their hearts give out when it gets hot. And then in cold temperatures, again, old people tend to freeze to death because they have bad circulation. So I can understand that these extreme temperatures, humans might have a bad time, especially if you're an oldie. Room temperature, typically fine. I'm currently recording this podcast at room temperature. I'm feeling comfortable. I have no issues whatsoever. If I were an embryo, I think I would be screaming for help. I Again, I, I wouldn't have a, a mouth or a throat or a voice box yet, but I would be screaming for help if I were an embryo and had that available to me. I'd be yelling. I'd be like, guys, you got to get me back down stairs to the freezer. Um, I'm at room temperature and I'm an embryo. Uh, this is not where I'm at my best. So as a result of the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling, all the IVF clinics in Alabama now have to shut down because they they can't afford the lawsuits that will be hurled their way. Because again, you're combining an insane law with a very litigious group of people. Like Americans are the most litigious group country in the world because they have all these rights and they have all these they have a tremendous sense of entitlement which normally is not bad it's nice to feel entitled it means you stand up for yourself but it also means you can't have nice things like in vitro fertilization so all these IVF clinics in Alabama are like well we can't operate anymore because we can't we can't take the risk that some klutz, some schmuck, some idiot is going to leave the door open and then we're going to have to pay out a few billion dollars for all the tens of thousands of people we accidentally murdered. So they've shut down, which means that now the you know right-wing conservative life starts to conception group of people have kind of fuck themselves because the whole point of making the argument that life starts at conception once that sperm hits the egg the whole point of making that argument was it allowed them to then criminalize abortion and force people to have babies force them to carry these pregnancies to term so that Presumably, there would be more children who could be sent off to fight wars in the Middle East to obtain oil rigs by force. So, that was the thinking. That was the thinking. Like, if we criminalize abortion in about 18 years, we'll have a lot more 
soldiers that we can send off to fight in these proxy wars. That was the thinking. But now they have kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot a bit because now that has prevented that logic, that idea that life starts at conception, life starts when those first few cells are created. Now that is stopping women and couples from pursuing IVF. So, and those are people who want children. Like if you're going through IVF, you're spending heaps of money to do it. You want the kid. Whereas if you just get pregnant, a lot of the times that happens accidentally and you don't want the kid. And that's why abortion clinics exist. Because there is a market for women to not be pregnant. It's just capitalism. So in Alabama right now, there's this just bizarre situation where if you are pregnant and you don't want a kid, you got to have the kid. And in contrast, if you can't get pregnant, but you really want a kid, uh, you, you can't have the kid. Did I say that correctly? If you... If you get pregnant and you don't want the kid, you have to have it. Sorry, let me explain. You have to have the kid. Whereas if you can't get pregnant and you really want to get pregnant, well, fuck off. I Obviously, the solution here is if you is you just you just what they should do is just match one of these IVF couples with someone who doesn't want to have their ba- have the baby and just be like, "Okay, well, when it comes out, we'll take it." I presume that's the real, that's probably the the only solution here is to be like, okay, well, if you were planning to do IVF, now you just have to find someone, you just have to find a woman who is pregnant against her will and just strike a deal and be like, hey, just have the kid, I'll take it off your hands when it's born. It's not ideal. I'm not saying it's ideal, but that probably is what has to happen now in Alabama because this is what happens when religion interferes with the law. So I guess that's what has to happen. My view is that I think the, I I just think the only way you should be allowed to have a kid, I think is through IVF. I don't think we should tolerate a society where people are allowed to have children just through the man ejaculating inside the woman and i'll tell you why it's too easy it's too easy you can literally have a child accidentally so i mean in and there's lots of proof of that many many of us are here accidentally and that's bad i think it's bad when people are having kids by accident i think that should be illegal I think there has to be some sort of barrier to entry to parenthood. And right and right now that a good barrier to entry is just IVF. Because if you if you're going through IVF, I think you are demonstrating a lot of the qualities that will make you a very good parent. If you're going through IVF, firstly you got money. That's good. Now some of you might think, well Mark, you're discriminating against the poor here. And I am a little bit, but let's not forget that having a child does cost money. So it's good that we are requiring people to have some money before they have a kid. I don't think it's good for parents who are broke and gambling addicts and drug addicts to have children because they'll end up selling the child for... Heroin? Oh, I don't know what they do in America. Probably fentanyl. My point is, having money, just having money is good if you're a parent because you're going to need that money to feed the child, clothe the child, house the child, give them an education. So IVF is good in that sense. It creates some barriers, money being the first of it. Probably though, more importantly, you have to really want it. You have to want it because IVF is annoying like, you know, you've got to, like, the woman has to, like, inject herself with hormones and shit. That's not fun, putting injections in your bum. 
you know, and then you have to like, you have to be patient. You have to go to the clinic and you get, then they have to like scan you and just pull the em- and pull the bloody eggs out. It's, it's, it's an, it's a process. You have to be patient. You have to be tolerant. You have to be resilient. These are all great qualities to have when you're a parent. So I actually think it should be illegal to conceive a child naturally. IVF is the way to go. It is the way to go because the parents want it. When the child comes out, they're like, we worked for this one. We're committed. We want... Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've... My point is this. If you've spent $0 on a baby, are you going to care about it as much if you spent $40,000 on that baby? It's just the way that humans work. It's just the way that humans work. When you've invested time and money into something, it means more to you. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you were conceived naturally... Good chance your parents don't love you and they've been faking it this whole time. But if you were conceived via IVF, good chance your parents really like you and they love you. So I hope that if you're listening to this, I hope you are an IVF baby. I hope that you were inseminated in a lab, in a freezer. I hope you spent time in a freezer. Because that means your parents loved you. And if you're not, um, all I'm saying is that your parents probably don't really care what happens to you. Because they haven't invested in you. Once again, I should remind you that this is a comedy podcast and we're being funny here. We're being funny here. So please don't write to me and be like, no, my I was my dad did a big come in my mum, and they love me. Don't write, don't write that to me. I don't care. And also, I'm joking. And if you if if you are sensitive enough, if you are so sensitive that you think I am commenting on your personal relationship with your parents, there's a good chance that that relationship is bad, and they don't love you. And I'm actually right anyway. Do you know what's happening though over in Japan? It's because just talking about birth problems, the Japanese are having a real problem. The Japanese are dying out. Isn't that bizarre? The Japanese are dying out. So in Japan, they've just recorded their eighth year in a row where the birth rate has dropped. And apparently it's because of there's rising costs of living in Japan, so people can't afford to have kids. And of course, this is happening everywhere around the world. Like women are just, women are realizing, oh shit! Like you know, because back in the day, like the man could just work. Like the the economics was such that the man could work, and he would make enough money f- for to buy a house and support his wife and support his kids. And the mother would stay home, and she would cook and clean and wash. And then the man would come home and if the chicken was overdone, he would slap her around a little bit. And that's how it was. It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. Men were, w- w- women were able to have kids younger because the economics allowed them to just to be housewives, stay at home. And then the world changed and everything just went to shit and women were like, oh, we have to work. I know, I understand like feminism happened and women were like, we want to determine our own lives, et cetera, et cetera. But I think a lot of it was just driven by economics and the, the brutal reality, which was that you you couldn't live off a single income anymore. Like households needed two incomes. So, you know, over the last few decades, women have developed their own careers. And now when men come home and, there's no food on the table. They'll, yeah, again, still, you know, well, they'll they'll wait for their wife to come home and then they'll slap them around because you know domestic violence is is a disease. But my point is that women are now realizing they have to have careers, and so they're putting off 
having children themselves, often they're relying on doing IVF because they don't want to have kids until like 35 or something. And by then it's can be quite difficult to conceive naturally, which is good because again, we don't want children to be conceived naturally. You want the parents to really want it. So it is good, I guess, that more women are just doing IVF and having kids later on in life. And it's great that the technology allows them to do that. Problem is in Japan, so many women seem to be doing that and putting off having kids and couples are putting off having kids for so, so long that just the birth rate is dropping. And it's it's a shame. It's a shame that it's happening in Japan of all countries just because I think the Japanese are one of the best countries. Like Japanese people, some of the most, some of the best people of all the countries. I'm not going to list the countries that have bad people. Uh, that would be racist. But I'm just I'm gonna talk about the countries that have uh, good people, and I think the Japanese like really the top. This is like reverse racism. I think I think Japanese people are the most advanced of the humans. If you've been to Japan, you cannot deny that. You go to Japan, they have uh, bullet trains. You can get from the city. To, you can do in, you can go from like Melbourne to Sydney on a train in like an hour. It's insane. They're so advanced. Not only that, they've got toilets that will clean your your bum for you. I mean, it's in it's incredible. It's this is the most advanced society in the world and they're not having children. What hope is there for humanity when the the people at the forefront of technology in terms of travel and anus cleanliness are not having children. We need them. We we need Japanese people to be fucking. Because, because like people say, oh, like the cure to cancer, you can't have abortion because what if that embryo was going to, you know, grow up and cure cancer? Well, statistically, if it's an Alabama embryo, unlikely. Because I'm not sure if you've dealt with the south the southerners in america uh real dum-dums down there real dum-dums they they speak in this slow drawl they are racist towards everyone they believe that the confederacy still exists they get angry when you take down a statue dum-dums the the alabama embryos i mean if you're gonna lose an embryo i'm just i'm not saying we should it's obviously a tragedy if you lose an embryo and you can't get pregnant but if we are going to lose an em, if we're going to lose embryos i think alabama is the place to lose them i don't think that they're going to be the next generation of people who develop you know fast trains and and anus cleaners and cancer cures and ai and space travel they're not going to be the ones who do it. But you know who will do it? It's the Japanese. The Japanese are the most advanced people in the world. And they're not fucking. I, is, it, is it because they're too busy creating technology that they're not having sex? I know I said before that we shouldn't let people conceive naturally. But I think the Japanese deserve an exception. I think they deserve to be exempt from that rule because we need more Japanese people. Their food is great. Probably the best cuisine of the cuisines. You know, they just... So simple and yet so delicious and clean and healthy. They, they're just so advanced in every way and it's, it's depressing to think that they're not... They're not having sex. We've got to do something about it. We got to do, we, I think the world should get together. Do you know how like when we, when like animals are endangered, like when pandas are endangered, what they do is, you know, I put them in a zoo and they will like just kind of put the male panda and the female panda together and they kind of just, you know, kind of encourage them to have, sex and they'll they'll show them sometimes panda porn so that it gets them in the move and mood and kind of teaches them to have sex now 
I'm not, I'm not saying that Japanese people are pandas. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that we could treat them exactly the same way. What we could do is we could start, you know, getting Japanese people, getting male Japanese people, getting female Japanese people, putting them in these enclosures. It doesn't have to be a zoo. It could just be like a, a, a hotel room, for example. And you leave them there for, you know, a few years, I guess. And you, you treat them humanely. Obviously, you feed them sashimi and, of course, you feed them a heavy diet of pornography as well to kind of get them in the mood and explain to them how it all works. And then you just get them to just have sex and and have more and have Japanese babies so that the species doesn't die out because it would be a shame to lose Japan. It would be a shame, especially when you know you can get a you know four hundred dollar flight, Melbourne to Narita, on Jetstar. It would be a shame. It would be a shame to not be able to do that. It would be a huge loss to the world if the Japanese stopped having sex and stopped creating new technologies. I mean, they're on the forefront when it comes to robotics, and the forefront when it comes to AI. They are on the forefront when it comes to obese wrestlers running into each other and making that kind of like loud clapping noise when the bellies meet. You know that, like, you know that sound. That that sound just goes like if you ever if you've been to a sumo wrestling match or watch it on TV, it just you, it just sounds like. It actually does sound a little bit like sex because it's just bellies like kind of like kind of like rhythmically clapping against each other. My point is it's a very advanced society in many ways and not many people are doing what the Japanese are doing. So I think we've got to find a way to get them to breed. And if it comes down to it, if we have to put them in a room together and make them watch pornography until they fuck, or can we just, against their will, seize their, their eggs and their sperm and put them in an IVF clinic... I don't know I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that a world without Japanese people, a world where I have to wipe my own bum instead of having a jet stream just hit it point blank in the middle at a at room temperature. I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in a world where we don't have Japanese people. So we gotta find a solution. We gotta find a solution. And if we I'm just saying it's worked with pandas. I think it could work with people. Last thing I want to talk about today is Australia's Border Force ads, which are currently airing in Sri Lanka and other countries. They're very, they've just come under fire because of how cruel and unethical they've been labeled as. Because in these ads, they're trying to stop people from taking boats to get from, you know, Sri Lanka, India, Indonesia, whatever, to come to Australia. Australia is very big on stopping the boats. That's Stopping the boats is one of our core tenets as Australians. When people think about, when people think about Australian culture, people have a very, I think, a very romanticized idea of what it is to be Australian. Because people are like, oh, you think of Australia, think of, yeah, bloody, throw a shrimp on the barbie and have a bit of a surf and slip, slop, slap. Really, stop the boats is what goes through the average Australian's mind more than any of that. Stop the boats is like our Roman Empire. Remember like a few months ago, there was that big TikTok thread about how, how men think about the Roman Empire like every day. In Australia, we think about stopping the boats. I would say on the hour, every hour, someone is thinking about stopping the boats. It's it's one of our core tenets. I think it's on the flag. I think it's on the coat of arms. I think there's... If you look at the Australian coat of arms, I'm pretty sure if there that there's like an emu, there's a kangaroo, 
and they are towing a dinghy back into Indonesian waters. If you look closely at the coat of arms, I'm pretty sure that's what's contained in it. Australia's very big on stopping the boats. And to stop the boats, we're running these campaigns in foreign countries that try to discourage people from attempting it. And these campaigns have just been criticised quite severely this week because of how fucking mean and cruel they are. In one ad, they depict a Sri Lankan man who tried to get from Sri Lanka to Australia via boat. And in this ad, he gets stopped by border force. He gets returned to Sri Lanka and he gets off the boat in Sri Lanka and attempts to commit suicide. That's the that's the campaign. Think about that. That's what that's the message that Australia is sending to our neighbors being like, "Hey, if you try to come here, we will tow you back to your own country and then you'll want to kill yourself." So don't do it. Don't do it. Cuz you'll want to kill you by the time we're done with you. You will want to kill yourself. And what I think is strange about that ad is they, they didn't need to like film film an ad. They, they did like a whole, it's like a whole production. Like they spent a lot of money filming this ad. There was like a director, they had actors, they had a script, they had all this stuff. Just to get to this, you know, story of this Sri Lankan guy who was trying to seek a better life in Australia who ends up Back at square one in Sri Lanka, wanted to kill himself. They had this, they they filmed this, they made this, they had to cast people. They had to sit down and be like, okay, we need to find a guy who looks like he'd want to kill himself and he's got to be a brown dude. Like they had to cast, they spent so much, they spent literally millions of dollars making this ad and distributing it and all that. What they could have done to save a bit of money was just, just film what's already happening in detention centers. Just film... You can just go to stock footage of stuff from Nauru, Nanus Island, Christmas Island. In all of these videos, there are real-world examples of Australia detaining people who came here by boats for years at a time, like nine-plus years, who all try to kill themselves, some of whom succeed in doing so. So the idea that they had to spend all this money creating this story, creating this narrative to try to dissuade people from attempting it seems just like such a waste when they could literally just show them footage of the actual thing they are doing to people. It's just, it's such an insane degree of cognitive dissonance that these border force campaigns demonstrate because they're trying to present themselves as caring about these asylum seekers. These ads are like, hey, hey, we care about you. Like the reason, hey guys, the reason we don't want you to get on a boat and come to Australia, it's not because we d- just can't be fucked processing you and dealing with your asylum application even though we're kind of required to do so under international law it's not big it's and it's not big because we don't have anywhere to put you because most of the country is completely you know inhabited and and to be honest we've got heaps of low-paying jobs that we don't want to do and we could just probably just put you on a farm in rockhampton you could pick strawberries for a few months and you'd probably contribute more to the country than half the people on welfare anyway but the reason why we don't want you to come to australia is because we just don't want you to hurt yourself we don't want you to get hurt, you know, because what happens is you, you know, the Indian Ocean, it's it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable, the Indian Ocean. You, who knows what happens out on the high seas? You know, boats turn over, you know, the, 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 the engine stops and, you know, a lot of people drown. People, it's bad. It's bad out there and we just don't want you to have to go through that. We don't want to actually have to, we don't want you to have to go through that. I mean, if sure we could, we could save you. We could save you and we could, you know, just send out our boats and get you onto our ships and and bring you to shore and instead of towing you into Indonesian waters so that it's their fucking problem. But we don't, we don't want it. We're not going to do that. We just, we just want you to 
protect your cells. We care about you so much that we just don't want you to undertake this very, very dangerous journey. And, and, that's, and we also don't want you to kill yourself when we tow you back to Sri Lanka and you realize that you've spent all your life savings giving it to this people smuggler who turned out not to come through on his promise and now you're going to get killed because you're a Tamil. We don't want you to we don't want you to have to go through all that. So we would rather we would rather you just stayed put in Sri Lanka and you know be Sri Lanka's problem. Just the way that these ads pretend to care, and this is this this is just what Australia is. This is the this is the inher- the inherent lie in any of Australia's in in all of Australia's uh, border policies is that you know we care about we care about the asylum seekers, we care about the refugees, and we care about the people coming to this country so much that we just don't want them to endanger themselves. We just don't want them to get hurt. We care about them so much. So much so that we'll detain them for years, years offshore until they try to kill themselves. And we'll turn them to Indonesia, which has no human rights protections. Or we'll turn them back to their country of origin, where they're going to be hanged by the local authorities. But we care. But we care. So, all my main criticism of the campaign is that it's not the lying and the scheming and the and the dishonesty. It's just that they could have saved money by literally just playing stock footage of what Australia has been doing to these refugees and immigrants for the last 10, 20, 30 years instead of having to film a fucking story. It's so stupid. Look... That kind of brings us to the end of this week's episode. But there's the weekly hero that we have to talk about. It was hard finding a hero this week. This news is so grim. Do you know what, though? I do think that my hero this week is Nikki Haley, the Republican, you know, who's trying to become the Republican nominee in the US, who, despite clearly having no chance, remains in the race. And I, I that I think is heroic because she's not giving up even though she has no hope. Well, I wouldn't say she has no hope. Her hope is that Trump goes to jail and that prevents him from winning the nomination and becoming president. Which, of course, it doesn't. Because if Trump goes to jail, he's still going to win. He's just going to be the president from jail, which will be very fun. And if Trump goes, if Trump does get convicted and goes to jail, you know that everyone will vote for him at that point because everyone will just be think it's funny at that point to have a president in jail just like having to get having to do press conferences you know through the the plastic screen you know those you know how in the movies and in TV shows you always see the the inmate in the orange jumpsuit and he's sitting at the table and there's a plastic screen and he picks up the phone and his lawyer is on the other side and his lawyer is like, hey, you know, you got to take the deal, you got to take the plea. That's how Trump would have to conduct press conferences. Like he'd be in his orange jumpsuit, he'd be sitting at the table and on the other side of the screen would be just the different, the press from the different media outlets and they'd have to come up one by one, pick up the telephone ask him the question and then he'd have to be like, you know, he'd have to give his answer through the telephone. I think people would vote just to see that. That would be kind of cool. That would be kind of fun. You know, and then the guard would eventually have to come and be like, all right, Trump, time's up. And he's like, okay, sorry guys, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll we'll get through everyone else's questions tomorrow. I got to, you know, I've got to go back to the cell. 
I think people would vote for that. I think, I mean, I think people would definitely vote for that. That would be just a fun thing. That would be a fun thing for America to do to itself because America, they get comedy. They understand what, they know what's funny. They'd be like, it's, it's funny that that's the president. So I guess I respect Nikki Haley for her optimism and I think she's heroic because she thinks she still has a chance despite the fact that the entire country is a bin fire, despite the fact that no one wants anyone who seems moderate and reasonable and capable and competent. She's living in a fantasy world where people want a president who isn't clinically insane or demented. And I I respect, I think that's heroic that she she's harking back to a time where that's what people kind of wanted. It's, you know, she's harking back to a simpler time. That time wasn't that long ago. It was 2016. In 2016, it seemed like there was a level of normalcy that we didn't realize back in, we didn't realize 2016 that those were the good days. We didn't realize that, you know, 2016 when we were on the brink of, a nuclear holocaust with North Korea. We didn't realize that that was actually, things were great then. And things were normal. And Nikki Haley, I think, in staying in the race and, and believing that she's a little chance, she kind of evokes this beautiful, it's naivety, but it's also nostalgia. She's harking back to a time where people would vote for a president who wasn't, in a jail cell or in a hospice, which is of course where Joe Biden will will have to run his administration from. So thank you, Nikki, for your naivety, your innocence, your nostalgia. It's kind of nice. It's nice to know that she still lives in that world. That's nice. Of course, she's the only one who does, but it's nice to know that her optimism and her idealism hasn't been completely destroyed. Like those embryos in that IVF clinic in Alabama who were dropped by a clumsy, clumsy employee who little did they know would be responsible for the destruction of the entire IVF program across that state. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you enjoyed it, give it a nice review on Spotify or Apple, please, just because it helps other people find the podcast and people are giving this podcast negative reviews because I talk about Israel and Palestine too much. So if you could help balance out those negative reviews with some five-star reviews, I would appreciate that quite a lot. You guys have a great week. I'll see you next week with some more news from around the world. Good night.